Hello, everyone, and inside today's Locked On Canadians, we are talking about how bad is this tank really going to be with an expert on how bad a tanking, rebuilding team can be and all the bits that can help us cope with this entire season. And that's all coming up inside today's show. For Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 690 of Lockdown Canadians. Uh, we are your daily Montreal Canadiens podcast, and you can find us wherever you get your daily podcast. And if you are watching on YouTube, you see that we have a very special guest. And while they have made time for us, I'm going to make them wait for another 30 seconds. While I introduce myself, I am Scott Matlai. I'm one of your hosts. And I'm joined, as always, by the active stick, Laura Saba. And Laura, once again, uh, one of our best episode ideas, we threw this together while I was not working at my day job today because we are very smart individuals. How excited are you to talk about with our guest today? Well, our guest has had me on on his podcast, but we haven't had him <laughs> on yet because we usually have the more chaotic half of Locked On Sharks on. But now that that chaotic half doesn't exist, we've got like a lot, like a calmer, more mature, more grown up more reasoned um, <laughs> uh, Locked on Sharks guest. Uh, and I'm actually really excited for this episode because like one of those throwing together ideas, usually it turns out to, to become a fun discussion. Uh, but just to counteract my, my co-host point here is that our guest compared the, the subject we're talking to with a turd sandwich and a poop milkshake earlier. I have those, can, I have those switched, it doesn't matter. We are joined by JD from Locked on Sharks. And JD, thank you so much for making the time for us today, man. Uh, no problem. It was either this or, or hanging out with my children. So easy choice. <laughs> are they going to interrupt in the middle of the show like that, like your famous blooper? Or we, uh, or we, no, they're, up, <laughs> they're upstairs hanging out with mom. Is mom's got mom duty right now for, for a little bit. And then I'll, I'll come in and take over and save the day. So, yes. So, we, we have a very fun idea here that we came up with because we're like, what can we talk about with the Canadians? Because like the season preview, they invited 74 people to training camp and we're not going to know at all what the roster looks like for like seven months with how many people are on this training camp roster. Yes. So we thought the Athletic is doing their previews right now. The media is going out. Everyone's starting to do their predictions and everything. The Habs are going to be bad this year. More than likely, the Habs are going to be bad. JD, who has covered the Sharks for the past couple of years now, knows what it's like to be in the same spot as the Montreal Canadiens right now, a team that is working its way back towards its former glory. And so I got to ask, how bad is this season going to be for Habs fans? It can't be worse than last year, right? Because if you kind of look where the Habs and the Sharks are, there's similar timelines, you know, I mean, I know the Habs weren't as successful for at least long-term success that the Sharks had, you know, where the Sharks, they had, you know, a cup run in the 15th or the 16, 17 season. And then they, you know, made the playoffs several seasons. Then they made their Western conference run in the 18, 19 season. And then you come out of that season, you're like, okay, like we can, the, the pieces and foundation are still here. There's still a chance that this team could be good. And then everything just falls off a cliff. Right. And they end up getting the third overall pick, which they 
didn't have that ear. So that, that was like the worst part of it. And then they kind of start going to this retool, as they're calling it, where they don't actually, we've never actually heard the word rebuild come out of, out of either Doug Wilson's mouth or new general manager Mike Greer's mouth. But we've heard a retool, a refresh, rebrand. We've heard all the re's. But they, they've been going through a rebuild in the past couple of years. And we, we saw the 2020 draft class is kind of the first bit of that where, you know, they were able to have a really nice draft class despite not having that third overall uh, pick. Last year, they got William Eckler at number seven. And then this year, they had the number 11 pick, but they traded back and gathered some more pieces type of, of thing. So while this year is going to suck, I don't think it's going to be as bad as last year for the Habs where you were coming off your cup run and felt like, okay, like we were better than we were expected. We still have a bunch of pieces. You know, we're really excited about Cole Caulfield. We have Suzuki. We have a bunch of guys who should get better theoretically, and maybe we don't make the, the a cup run again. We should still be pretty good. And then, of course, you guys know everything kind of fell apart. So going into the season, you already know your expectations are going to be low. <laughs> um, and I don't think I don't think the Habs are going to be as bad as – I mean, I, they're going to be one of the worst teams, I think. But I don't think they're going to be, like, <laughs> the worst team that we saw last year. And I think that's like, going to do a lot with their coaching, right? I mean, we saw how much better this team was when Martin St. Louis um, arrived. Cole Caulfield was – actually Cole Caulfield. And I think there's a lot of really fun young pieces to get excited about with the Canadians. And that's what this is whole year is going to be about is enjoying the ride uh, with these, with these young guys. Yeah, I think that's a really good point is that it's like, it can't be worse than last year. And last year where they were unexpectedly bad, like they weren't expected to be great. Like maybe a fringe wild card team. If they were lucky, if everything went well. Yep. And then obviously Carey Price is likely done. Shea Weber's done. Everybody on the team was injured except for Nick Suzuki at some point or another. I how he managed that, I, I will never know. And the readjusted expectations, I think, with if Mark Bergevin were still here, and I think Laura, you would agree with me on this, is that he thinks he, they should win every year, so he sets the expectation at that. The team expects to be more competitive, but I think having that lower, like, hey. It's going to be bumpy. There's still bodies to move out kind of thing will definitely help a little bit. Laura, am I off base at all with thinking that? I don't think so at all. I think because, you know, the sort of the current front office is bold. We, we say they're transparent on, the, on, on, on our podcast, but I think it's a selective transparency that they have which I really enjoy. But for me, I think it's very much, and, and I know we're, we're going to uh, ask him a little bit about in the, in, in the next segment, but I think the coaching staff very much, JD, like you mentioned, it, it really makes a difference, right? Like Mark Bergevin's choices were not as inspired as the current front office. And we have to agree <laughs> that Martin St. Louis is an inspired choice, right? And I think the, the writing on the, on the wall as well is like the players have come in and they said, oh, don't expect us to tank. Like the players, the attitude is, you know, we're going to win the roster composition is going to disagree with them. Yeah. And we have so much to dive into because this is what to expect when you're expecting to be terrible with locked on Canadians and locked on sharks. And we're going to dive into our next segment and how we, including myself who never seems to take his own advice can cope with this upcoming Montreal Canadian season. And that's all coming up in a moment, but first a word from our sponsors at betonline.net who are your number one source for all your pro and college football betting with both seasons in full swing. 
You can get all the latest league developments, matchups, news, podcasts, including everything every single day. And they also have all your information on sports wagering, including live betting, esports, and scores. You can check in on other sports, MMA, boxing, baseball. It's got the playoffs right around the corner of golf. Everything you are looking for is at betonline.net. So head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. Bet online, where the game starts. We are back. It is the slightly less chaotic Lockdown Canadians, Lockdown Sharks crossover. Kyle, if you are listening to this uh, in the land of spiders and kangaroos, howdy. Um, you probably not because it's like, you have I don't to say know, g'day. three weeks in the future. I would say it's three weeks in the future there. There's hobbits or harfoots <laughs> or something or other. Anyways, we have J.D. Young from Lockdown Sharks joining us. And in our first segment, J.D., you mentioned the draft class of the Sharks kind of giving – some light in a sucking black hole of suck for teams. (laughs) And the Canadians are kind of in that spot this year because they just wrapped up their prospect showcase in Buffalo and all eyes were on Uri Slefkovsky, the gargantuan Slovak with a chin made of granite and an attitude that can best be described as confidently arrogant, but not overly (laughs) arrogant. I, I don't know how to describe him. How swagger? He... he is a swagger about him. That's the one. He broke another bike today, apparently. So like, <laughs> he's a large, large child. Like being the in Slo- his presence, Slikowski is swagger. There's something there. There's something there. The marketing's there. The Laura, we need swagger. to make t-shirts. We need to make yes. t-shirts again. Swagkowski. Swagkowski. Yes. 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 Like yeah, Slapkowski. All kinds of like somebody. Like, they're calling him Chadkowski, which I thought Chad I think... was a bad thing. I don't know. I don't speak no, inside. Chad's a good thing. Chad's Chad a, is good a good thing. Yes. Okay, I don't JD, know. Is, can is we it make not stickers? an anymore? I think we can make some stickers. We'll we'll talk off. Swagkowski. The Swagkowski yes. stickers. Let's so. go. Back to the back to the original <laughs> point here. By the way, check out JD's store. It's great if you ever want stickers. I have the small goals boy and power horse ones on my laptop right now. They get a lot of attention in the press row, whether it's good or not. I don't really care. <laughs> but how can we as Habs fans kind of follow in the prospects? It's one of the big things with Lockdown Sharks and where a lot of your bases come from and admittedly extremely good coverage of prospects is if the team is bad, is it a bad thing to more focus on the future in that and just kind of find joy in, you know, for you guys like uh, Brendan Coe and William Eklund and Thomas Bordalo and the Habs can do that with, you know, Philip Mayshar and Owen Beck and all the other, there are 7 million prospects that are now in the organization. Yeah. Because is it really worth getting excited about guys who are currently on your roster right now, who probably aren't going to be there in two to three years with the exception of like your core guys. Why, you know, so that, yeah, the focus has been about these guys who are going to be their, your future, right. You know, for the Sharks, the 2020 draft class where, you know, you talk about Thomas Bordalo and Brandon Coe and Daniel Gushin, who's this freakish Russian sniper, getting excited about these guys. And then this year where they're actually going to be playing in the AHL and focusing on how much fun, like, this AHL team is going to be. I know the Rockets have been a pretty solid team, you know, good team for the last couple of years, while the Barracuda have been there. Um, <laughs> <you know. laughs> But like kind of enjoying and like kind of seeing, okay, like how did these guys all fit together? How did they work together? And and trying to project how they're going to eventually make an impact on the Sharks. And for, you know, for me, at least for the Sharks. And, you know, how are these guys going to fit with Cole Caulfield and your Suzuki's and your guys like that to try to, you know, make that next 
Habs core. I think that that's going to be the big, you know, kind of the thing to, to do for you guys. And while not all of them are going to pan out, that's just, you know, statistically, they're not all going to pan out. You can at least try to kind of find those guys who maybe have that something special that you can see like, okay, yes, this is a translatable skill skill. And, you know, like for us, our prize, our prize possession is William Eklund and his spinnies and, you know, gaining <laughs> seven pounds of muscle this off season. And, but like, you can see he has NHL caliber elite vision and his skating is amazing. And the way he, his passes, how he can make everybody around him better. And you're like, okay, I can see him playing with, hurdle who's going to be with the sharks next year's or if and if timo meyer if they decide to resign him you know if you have eklund doing spinnies and timo meyer who's you know a big monster who can just you know drive to the net you can see how that all works together and trying to figure out how these guys will fit on a roster is is, is kind of the fun part you ever find a friend for eklund yet or is that still an ongoing search <laughs> You know, the friend that we were looking for for Eklund might have been Thomas Bordalo the entire time. So um, that was the big, uh, big, you know, our big mission this year was to try to find an Eklund a friend. The Sharks moved down in the draft pit. And while I thought think they should have drafted Brad Lambert, Philip Bicet's having a pretty solid season at SHL to start things off. But the bromance between Eklund and Bordalo is already there. Uh, the Sharks tweeted out on their, their social media accounts today, a selfie of them at media day and Bordalo's creativity and Eklund's vision. Like you can see those guys together. They're going to need somebody who can shoot the puck a little bit better than those two guys on that line. But um, there, there's something there. So I just want to tell our listeners. So we've been getting some praise for our prospect content and the guests that we get. And chances are when we have a prospect guest on, JD was the one who facilitated the introduction or recommended <laughs> the person uh, because Locked on Sharks was obviously like one of the earlier adopters of the prospect uh, previews, the prospect in-depth uh, reviews and things like that, um, which I really love. So I have a question that's kind of turning the attention a little bit. I know that's not the case this year because there have been some changes, but in Montreal, one of the things that we're holding on to as we head into a season that we know isn't supposed to be great is there's two things that we're watching. One, who's going to get traded off the roster and what return will they get, which I know is a big, was a big thing for the Sharks. Mm -hmm. And they were able to get rid of a couple of uh, key contracts. And two, for Montreal, one of the things that we're excited about is the coaching staff and how they're going to work with this, with this, um, you know, young group of players, whether they make it this season or not, you know, we're excited to see what Marty's got. We're excited to see uh, what Robidaw's got, all of the, all of that kind of stuff. So what were the non like literal player related uh, bits of excitement that, that you guys held on to as you were heading into these seasons, like the last couple of seasons that you knew weren't going to be great? Yeah, it was a little tougher in that department because I mean, Doug Wilson, who I, you know, it's, he's very maligned in the, in the fan base, especially where handing out these big contracts and, you know, it, it's tough with Doug Wilson because you've had 15 years of sustained success with Doug Wilson of being playoff contenders. And if a couple things happen differently, I think if, you know, Vlasic doesn't get a concussion, they're not reverse swept and they have a chance of winning the cup back in 2014. If Eric Carlson doesn't blow out his groin, they probably beat the blues. And then they're, you know, Maybe they beat the Bruins in 2019. Like a lot of these little things that happened, and that's that's just part of playing hockey, right? Is this guy stuff happening? But you know, I think you look at the at the Sharks cap friendly page where it's like 
it's it's a hot mess and you, you you've spent all this money on Brentman's and Vlasic and Carlson and you know Vlasic turned into a pumpkin of himself and you're paint you know you had to buy out Martin Jones and all this fun stuff so it's been tough for Sharks fans to try to find even that like off the ice stuff because of just how uh, a mess you know the, the the system has been in and you haven't had good prospects and the only really good prospect that you had was Ryan Merkley and he is nowhere near what you expected when you drafted him for in the first round so it's tough <laughs> and then that you know uh, Pete DeBoer didn't really inspire a lot of confidence. And then having uh, Bob Bugner, who is basically a Pete DeBoer disciple, didn't really inspire a lot of confidence in your team. Uh, so, yeah, um, I don't know what to tell you there. Uh, and then, I mean, we have David Quinn, who's at least he's coached a lot of college kids. So you're, you're hoping that maybe <laughs> that will translate. But hearing the stories of, of his time with the Rangers and how he kind of was really tough on some of these young guys and kept them on a short leash and didn't let them go to that growing process. Doesn't inspire a lot of confidence when you have a group of young guys, who are going to be starting to infiltrate the, the sharks organization here soon. So yeah, at least you have Martin St. Louis. <laughs> we, we do have one more uh, segment to touch on here coming up. We're going to talk about whatever else we can do to see and cope with this upcoming season it might be good. It might be bad. It might be somewhere in between. It's likely going to be bad. We're going to find out more coming up next. We are back. It is the Lockdown Canadians, Lockdown Sharks uh, therapy, coping crossover. I I don't want to call it like a preview because we're not really previewing anything except how both our teams are bad and we're just going to commiserate this entire year. We, we've talked about finding joy in prospects and younger players and such. What else can Habs fans kind of do to maybe not burn out and just lose their mind on watching the team this year? Because it's an 82-game season. It's several months. It's a lot of hockey. It's going to be likely a lot of bad hockey at some point. How can Habs fans kind of find some solace and peace in uh, this season? Yeah, uh, I think for Canadians fans and Sharks fans and just kind of fans about teams is trying to is you want to see that growth of your young players and guys are going to be your, part of your next core. And, you know, maybe those personal milestones um, for, you know, maybe Cole Caulfield really takes that. I think for you guys, that big step forward and becomes that 35, 40 goal scorer that you and most people, I mean, myself included, think that he could be, you know, which of these young kind of defenders are really going to kind of step in and, and take that next step and trying to find these guys who are going to be taking those next steps. And while we both agree that Canadians are not going to be that great, I think they could be like a eight, nine, 10 ish team when it comes to the draft this year and not as bad as, as maybe you guys think, just because I think you can see a lot of these guys kind of making progress and being better than, than what we expect saw before last year you know especially with real coach a full season of real coaching and a real infrastructure and letting you know we saw with martin st louis how much he just unlocked cole caulfield and you know what if the the canadians are kind of like the the sabers last year where they're kind of that feel-good story and by the end of the season they're playing pretty decent hockey for a young team i think that's that's something that you know we're kind of coming to terms with because the debate in montreal isn't you know are they good or not? It's how bad are they going to be? 
And some people think they're going to be abjectly terrible and, you know, they're going to challenge for a top three pick, which would be great in terms of like the draft. But I don't think that that's on the cards this year because for all the reasons you explained, right, there's going to be some players that are coming into their own. There's going to be some players who are currently expected to go in the AHL, sorry, they might shine and make the NHL team and, you know, like kind of accelerate the process. For me, I think if the Canadians are able to get a top seven pick, I'm okay because I know we're probably not going to get that elite top three potentially. And again, things could happen. You, you know, Florida's pick is... You just had one. Save <laughs> some for the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, but what about a second one? Like, right. why, well, not? why not? Two? Like, why not we, both? We yeah. got to get silly for Fantilli. Like, come on. Like, we're not going to be bad enough to get Connor Bedard unless everything goes the Habs way this year because Chicago. Quite frankly, Chicago and Arizona have put their stamps on the uh, the Bedard. But you know, if you reach for the Bedards, you'll fall among the Fantillies. That's you know, that <laughs> Mitch Kov. Well, potentially the, the Mitch Kovs. There's that whole yeah. we don't know what's happening with Russian import. But anyways, uh, yeah, like you said though, it's like they're not they're going to be like I think better than some people expect just because the entire team isn't going to just be beat to hell this year. Like, yeah, Jake Allen's not gonna blow out his hamstring playing a meaningless game against the Leafs where he's doing his best. Samuel Montembeau is not going to play with one arm the entire (laughs) season. Like they're not going to be coached by Dominique Ducharme for four months. Like that's all a positive thing here. And I I almost wonder like, are they going to be the team that surprises people the most just because yeah, the roster's not great, but Martin St. Louis before they traded away, like half of his starting lineup at the trade deadline was getting some pretty good results out of the team there. And I'm interested to see just what they do. And like the young guys here, like if Slavkovsky sticks in the NHL, that's just something I'm going to watch every night. I will watch and analyze every shift that giant child puts out on the ice there, <laughs> because why would I want to watch Mike Hoffman every night when I can watch your ice instead? So I, I'm really hoping to be pleasantly surprised. I think more than anything this year is that like my, the expectations are the floor. They finish, you know, bottom three, Okay, cool. They get another pick and they get to ship out more weight and continue mm-hmm. their rebuild. And if they're better than that, they still have Florida's unprotected first round pick and potentially Calgary's. If I remember reading the trade bits correctly on that Sean Monahan deal, which I'm not going to look up right now. So I'm going to wing it on this podcast. Ken oh, I'm Hughes supposed done- to record a video of, of reading the terms, like just by myself. I can't remember <laughs> what it was, but one of the listeners asked for it in the comments was like, and it was either for like to celebrate a milestone amount of subscribers or whatever. And it was like, can Laura just read the entire um, um, conditions? And I think I was supposed to either drink something gross or just read them. I can't remember. Anyway, I, I will be reading at some point. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I like, which one of that's worse? Like, it, they're both terrible. We, like, we should record it like full, like King George, get the powdered wig and go and sit on something and pull out like the giant comedy scroll and just read. <laughs> And we'll and just make an entire trade thing. However, I, I have lives here just thinking of that wig right now. <laughs> yeah, I'll do just, that. You should have Jess from, uh, Jess from Locked On Flames on as you read the whole thing, and then yeah, and that's <laughs> there you go. I but I mean, like going back one to, of those medieval so, trumpets, then you know, yes. going back to the, the Habs, the Habs, you know, like roster stuff. It's like Kirby Doc, like he's twenty one, and it, it feels like he's we're waiting for that like Kirby doc season. Like what if this is the season, like getting away from that terrible Chicago franchise and like getting to play with a bunch of these young guys here and kind of maybe it kind of reignites his 
you know, he was a top three pick for a reason. It's not like he's bad at hockey or forgot how to play hockey. Like there's a lot of fun young pieces. And that's why I think I, you know, I don't think I know the Sharks are going to be worse than the Habs this year. I just like, Oh my God, we need to like mark this and like make a bet. Yeah. Oh, Scott and I will both eat something terrible on. Why? <laughs> no, it has to be Scott or JD. Okay, yeah. I think that the Habs will be worse than the Sharks. Scott, what about you? I think I think the Sharks will be potentially better than the Habs. It all depends on like I I will say this: sh- they're going to tie in points, and no one's going to be happy about this. Like, <laughs> we're both just eating sad stuff. <laughs> we're just eating something terrible at the same time. On a, we'll do a live stream when that happens. So, yes. but oh, like, here, here's my show. case. Here's my case, right? While the Sharks might have like more NHL caliber players on their roster, and they, you know, Mike Greer made a point this year to like go get a bunch of guys, you know. But it's like Nico Sturm and Luke Cunin and like Matt Benning. Like these guys don't really inspire a it lot. Sounds of like a Minnesota Wild roster right there. A bunch of dudes right. who aren't real. Like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you know it's just like a bunch of guys who are kind of just placeholders until your prospects are ready to go. But none of these guys like you can point to and be like, okay, I can see this guy making a jump, like a realistic jump. You know, like I can see this guy maybe going from like a seven, eight goal score to a 15, 20 goal score if things go right. You know, you, you've got Tomas Hurdle. You know exactly what you get at Hurdle. You have Timo Meyer. Timo Meyer in a contract here. Okay. We're anywhere from 70 to 90 points for Timo Meyer. Logan Couture, <laughs> probably 50 to 60. Eric Carlson, when he's healthy. What do you, you know? I just looked at the Sharks cap friendly page. I did not realize Logan Couture was signed through now through the end, the heat death of the universe. Um, yep. Oh man, there's a bunch like, of guys which, that I did not know were here. Like which, who? like which of the like looking at which of those guys you're like, oh yeah, this guy can totally make a jump and kind of be, you know, going from from here to here type of player. And like you look at the Canadians, you can see that right. Nick Suzuki really coming into his own. Cole Caulfield. You know, Kirby Doc, if he has, you know, he makes that jump now. And and good development. Some consistency, you know, like you can see that with these guys. That's why I think while the, I think the Sharks floor is like a little bit higher. I just, I think they're like a, this type of, like a very low ceiling, high floor team. And while the Canadians, you know, everything can go wrong for them, but a lot of stuff could go right. And that's why I think that they just have more variance for them. And, you know, and it's like, James Reimer, are we going to see the same giant James Reimer we saw last year from who was standing on his head and say, you know, stealing games for the Sharks? No, we're not going to like he's 34, 35. We're not, like, that's just not <laughs> physically possible. And while I think Capo Kakinen has a, a chance to kind of come to his own, I just I, I see a lot of question marks for the Sharks and I don't see a lot of answers to those question marks. Can we do a rapid fire, Scott, sure. unless you had something? I was going to say, we got a little bit of time here just to wrap up the show. So, uh, Laura, what do you got for rapid fire? Okay. Uh, We're each going to name a prospect that we're excited about. But, J.D., you can't say Eklund. And, Scott, you cannot say Owen Beck. No, Owen Beck. I'm I'm quitting this podcast. Who in in the system are you most excited about? Can I say Bortolo? You can say, you can say whoever you want. You just said you can't say you can't Wait, say Eklund. So yeah, Bortolo, um, the Michigan prospect, ton of uh, ton of swag. Not as much uh, size as Slavkovsky, but you can see the creativity. Um, he made 
Rudolph Balsers and Noah Gregor fun last year. And if you can do that, uh, that you, you, you pretty high on my, my list there. So <laughs> Scott, well, I can't say Owen Beck and Yuri Slavkovsky feels like cheating. So I'm going to actually say Philip Mayshar because they still, his rights are with Kitchener, but apparently he doesn't want to go to the OHL since he's used to playing in a men's league. So he may go to Sweden. I believe is what Patrick Bexell said. Uh, he's someone I'm really excited about just because he's got, he's got wizard hands and I <laughs> love that. Like he's, when he puts it all together, he's going to be just a nightmarish player to play against. And he and Slavkovsky, just have like that connection you only get when you've been playing hockey together since you were kids. So I am really hoping uh, he uh, lights it up wherever he's playing this year. So I can't say Lane Hudson because he's my, he's my own Beck. Um, so I'll just <laughs> go with Sean Farrell. <laughs> That's going to be, you know, obviously it, it's not going to be this year, like likely, but I'm excited about him. And one more thing, uh, Scott, I kind of know this answer, and this one has no restrictions, but what contract do each of you want off your team as soon as possible? Ooh. I mean, you, you traded the Brent Burns one, which is probably good for the Sharks already. Like, I, I look at this and I go, like, I mean, <laughs> oh, I like, I want to say Mike Hoffman, but that really feels like cheating. Like, but I. I think between Hoffman or Yol Armia, it's one of those two. Like Hoffman, at least can be a power play goal scorer and everything. Uh, Armia, don't know. Does they don't want a three point four million dollar <laughs> bottom six winger? Uh, anybody? Edmonton? Edmonton, please. Uh, it's Vlasic. Uh, Seven million dollars. No, 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 uh, no. Don't even think no. about our listeners. Will not love. No. No, you know, no, from no. from the great Quebec area. Uh, yeah, Vlasic, <laughs> who's been kind of a buyout candidate the past couple years. Uh, yeah, he's no longer the guy he was, is basically a third pair defenseman, has even been healthy scratch last season. And $7 million for that type of production. I know the easy answer is Eric Carlson, but... Eric Carlson can still have those nights and those flashes where you're like, oh yeah, he's still one of the best defenders in the world. And when he's on his game, you can see that. And he still makes ridiculous, you know, passes that are entire across the entire ice that sets guys up. And you can see those nights and stuff. They're not as frequent as they used to be, but you still see those flashes. Um, and I just love Eric Carlson too much. So yeah, it's Vlasic. Um, seven, four years at $7 million. You could do a lot of stuff with $7 million. <laughs> that is going to wrap up our coping preview uh, with JD of Lockdown Sharks. JD, do you want to let our folks know where they can find you and find all the Lockdown Sharks stuff across social media? Yes, you can find uh, Lockdown Sharks, of course, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Um, our Twitter is uh, pretty funny. Not as funny as it used to be now that we're not allowed to swear anymore on Twitter. But uh, we're still, <laughs> still, we still have some tricks up our sleeve for this season. So, um, And then, of course, you can listen to the podcast wherever you get podcasts. And, of course, subscribe on YouTube. You can find me on the old Twitter, at my hole, where I'm still allowed to swear. And I do it regularly. <laughs> and that's uh, where as- you post your Etsy stuff. The stickers. And my Etsy stuff, about. yes. So some of our listeners yes. got we bought some of our listeners stickers for like being milestone followers and winning contests. So some of you are familiar with the stickers. And what I didn't know was I thought JD would send us a personal note. He sends everybody a personal note with these stickers. <laughs> I got a personal note. 
I know, Everybody but see, I thought I thought it was just you and me because we were friends. With I'm TV. very good at listening, so uh, <laughs> that's my sign to wrap up today's show. You can follow Laura at the Active Stick. You can follow myself at Scott Mallet. You can follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast, and subscribe on YouTube so you can see our smiling faces as we cope our way through this Montreal Canadian season. JD, thank you so much, everyone. We will see you next time.